0: off your device. That's soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 106 of the Addicted Mind podcast. Wow, I still can't believe I'm over 100 episodes. I just think that's kind of crazy, but... Super excited that it's going on and that people are listening to it and people are enjoying it and I'm glad you are listening to it and I hope you are getting a lot out of the Addicted Mind podcast. So my name is Dwayne Osterlin and I'm your host. And my guest today is going to talk about calming the chaos. Now if you struggle with addiction or um, well, I think if you're a human being dealing with chaos is, is just part of being alive. Dealing with anxiety specifically that comes from chaos is part of our work when we are, we're dealing with addiction. So I was so excited to have Tracy Canella on today to talk about calming the chaos and um, to kind of go into it in more detail about what we can do to change that, to create more peace and calm in our life. So it's a great episode and I'm so thankful that she came on. Before we start, If you are enjoying the Addicted Mind podcast, please subscribe in iTunes and uh, think about leaving us a review. That would be really awesome and I would very much appreciate it. And uh, join our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type in the Addicted Mind podcast, click join and get a lot of support there as well. And you can continue the conversation online there. All right, let's go ahead and start this episode. All right everyone, welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. My guest today is Tracy Canella and she is going to talk about chaos. Tracy, please introduce yourself.
1: Hi Dwayne, it was good to meet you uh, just a little bit ago and I love talking about chaos. In fact, my podcast is all about chaos and I have chaos in my life. And so here I am to talk about the possibility that we could actually be addicted to chaos. So where chaos meets your specialty area, which is addiction.
0: I know. I was so excited that you wanted to come on to the podcast because I had listened to your podcast and I really love it, Calming the Chaos, because I think anybody in addiction can relate to having chaos in their life.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, I believe so. I think the that was, so the definition that I like to give. Well, wait. Do you want me to introduce myself first?
0: Yeah. Tell me a little bit about you and how you got into this work and why this particular topic, chaos, is meaningful to you.
1: Yeah. So I am a licensed mental health counselor uh, with a variety of certifications in eating disorders, rehabilitation counseling, and hypnotherapy. And I have a private practice in Washington State. And so how I got interested in this topic of chaos is because I found that most of my clients who came in for therapy were really struggling with overwhelm. And then I was in my practice at the time I developed the podcast, I was very overwhelmed with people wanting therapy with me, and I just didn't have enough room in my practice to support them. And I'd always wanted to do a podcast and I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to do one and then I'll have a place to refer these people to in addition to other mental health counselors in the area. But then they could hear my voice and they can hear some of the things about overwhelm because I really thought... This is that universal theme that most everybody brings in the therapy session. Why not do a podcast about it and direct some people to a free resource that they can get help? It's a self-help podcast and I really love doing it. It's, it's great and it helps me calm my own chaos because I have to hold my own self accountable for practicing the skills that I, I suggest on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. That's so true. <laughs> when you're talking and, and doing the work and, and talking to people about how to calm the chaos, you got to do it in your own life. But I think you're absolutely right. This is such a universal topic. I know that in my own life, there have been times when I'm just overwhelmed. You know, it's, it's so hard to get organized. Sometimes it's almost can feel paralyzing when you, you've got all this chaos going on. So let's just start by defining chaos.
1: Yeah, so what is chaos anyway? And there are several definitions I talk about in my very first episode of my podcast. But in a nutshell, it is complete disorder, unpredictable behavior, random or intense situations. So this could be actual real situations or imagined situations in your mind. It's also small changes that happen in bundles or are sensitive in nature and any sort of disorganization. And finally, my favorite definition of chaos is a confused mass or mixture, which I like to use to describe when I'm in the kitchen because it is pretty much chaos when I'm cooking.
0: I can definitely relate to that definition at times, especially with all that's going on in the world and everything changing and with the pandemic and there feels like there's a lot of chaos.
1: Right. there are. There's just a lot of sensory input. There's things you see on TV. There's things that you hear from your next door neighbor. There are things you hear on the radio. And all of these conclusions you come to in your mind just add up to a lot of overwhelm because of what's happening in our world today. And we just, in our minds, make it into something that it may or may not be. So I'm very fascinated by it, but that's the definition of it. It's just. A lot and overwhelm
0: and w- would it be like I guess when you're talking, what I'm thinking, or I guess how I relate to it, is that my mind is all over the place, there seems to be I'm pulled in so many directions, I don't know what to do, and and that's that overwhelming feeling, like almost I guess in a way, paralyzed at times.
1: I'm so glad you brought that up because when the mind is in chaos, we go into either sympathetic shock or parasympathetic shock. I like to treat shock in my own self and with my clients, and not a lot of people think about this whole idea of shock when we are in chaos. So it's easy to remember the difference between the two, parasympathetic shock, meaning paralyzed, that's going to be your freeze, you know, your deer in the headlights sort of reaction. And sympathetic shock, meaning fight or flight. So we've got two types of shock, which is sympathetic shock and parasympathetic shock. And then three states, fight or flight, belongs to the sympathetic shock and freeze Belongs to the parasympathetic shock. And how we treat these with just getting back into our bodies and out of our minds is so fascinating. And it's a game changer for a lot of people just to get out of their minds and into their bodies. So yes, the mind on chaos affects the body. And sometimes we go into fight or flight and sometimes we just freeze.
0: Right. And I think a lot of people who struggle with addiction have all that unmanageability in their life and kind of fall into those those categories.
1: Yeah. And I think that it can be chaos, can be addicting. This is just my opinion. You can just weigh in on it because you're the expert here on addiction. But I, I think that some people like chaos. And they can become addicted to it. And I think that some people don't like chaos and they can also become addicted to it for a couple of different reasons. The people who like it are getting a reward because it helps drive them or it helps distract them from maybe some other things that are going on in their lives because they're focused on the chaos that's going on. And those people who don't like it can also be addicted to it because their neural pathways have been changed because they've been through a lot of stress in their lives. They don't know anything different. Or again, they're trying to, maybe subconsciously even, it helps them to distract from the deeper stuff that might be going on inside of them. They're just focusing on the chaos and all this overwhelm. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is happening in my life. And this is too, and this is too. But it's not like they're actually addressing their true feelings and their true issues. They're using the chaos as a smokescreen. So even people who don't like chaos, I think can be addicted to it. What do you think?
0: Well, you know, when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about two situations where I've encountered in my clients who are in recovery. One is like, look how successful i am because i have so much chaos in my life look what's going on look how good i am like what you said and then the other one is you know someone gets in recovery and their their life actually starts to calm down and then they find themselves creating chaos and they kind of reflect back on it and go i think i'm i think i'm addicted to this chaos like i'm creating it myself why is that so i i see both sides of it just like you said
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the mind can form these sort of habits. And either way, whether yeah you're successful at something because you have this chaos to drive you, or you are kind of like not knowing anything different and finding it hard to be calm, both can be addicting. So yeah, I love that you are able to say that about actual clients that you work with, because I found the same thing. It's sort of validating. Thank you.
0: I would also say that I I mean I found some of it in my own life as as I sit back too sometimes I can feel really good if I'm like super busy and stuff is going on and I'm doing all these things I mean I definitely can relate to both sides of it.
1: Right. And so why we would become addicted was is just simply because we've found that on some level it's helping. On some level, it's helping. That's why any behavior continues, right? Is because on some level, it's helping. I think the problem comes in is when it starts to affect your major life domains. And I think that's what happens with people who are addicted to substances or anything, really, shopping, and there's all kinds of like gambling addiction, sex addiction, or even saying there's food addiction, which, you know, when I think about food, I, th- I think I'm addicted to food because why? I have to have it to live, right? But anyway, people talk about all different kinds of addiction. It, on some level, helps you to cope with something. So yeah, why we would become addicted is because on some level, it helps. And yeah, so chaos may not be very much more different than substances.
0: No, I, I agree with you. I think we can get kind of addicted to emotional states, if you want to call it that.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating.
0: All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So what about people who have had trauma in their life? Because if you've grown up in chaos, it can almost be your norm. Like, this is how I'm supposed to live.
1: Yeah, and and as far as that goes, then they're reenacting the trauma by creating the chaos that was in their childhood. And people have got to either decide whether they're going to deal with the trauma or not. I like to describe that as, okay, so you may want to open that door, but it may be the door to a closet that has a lot of junk in it and you could get hit on the head with a bowling ball. So you may want to just think a little bit more and be very clear about whether you want to go into treating the trauma in your life. But I always tell people, if you do the work, it's going to pay off because you're not going to have the triggers and you're not going to have the reactions that you have that you you say you want to improve in your life. Because again, these things are affecting their major life domains like addiction. It might be affecting your physical health. It could be affecting your mental thinking. It could be affecting your emotional well-being. It could be affecting your work or maybe legal challenges or your relationships. So I think chaos in itself, it happens. And sometimes we can be really very much drawn to it. But if it starts to affect one of those life domains, just like substances, we have to take a step back and think, hmm, do we want to change it?
0: Right. Do you think that in some ways, like what we're going through now in the world with a pandemic and all of that, some of that chaos is just from the environment. But then I was thinking of this other part of it that self-created chaos, I guess. And can you talk about that? Like, When is some of it I guess, normal, and then when is some of it self-created?
1: Yeah, I can think of a situation where a person would want to create chaos because simply they have energy and they want to complain about something definitely have seen that in some of my clients and in myself. Like I'll be buzzing around the kitchen and the living room and running up and down the stairs and saying, oh my gosh, my life is so hard right now and sort of getting into that victim mode. And I am kind of creating that chaos because I want Uh, my husband mainly because he's the only one here to feel bad for me and help me out, rescue me. And I will create that chaos, not intentionally, but subconsciously because I need help managing something. And I just don't think that people are going to notice or help me unless I am in the middle of this crisis. So yeah, self-created chaos is definitely a thing. That I've noticed. And then you said that, and the difference between self created and just normal chaos. Is that what you asked?
0: Right. Yeah. I guess, yeah, normal chaos. Cause I mean, life shows up, right?
1: Right. Right. So you can create, as I just said, you can create chaos yourself for the reason of help me, help me. I need help, but I can't ask for it. So I'm going to create all this chaos so that you jump in and help me. But chaos in your life will definitely show up on its own anyway. And then, If you're not creating it yourself, you still have to handle it because what are you going to do? You're probably going to go into one of those three states, fight, flight, or freeze. And um, neither of those states because they're all states of shock that happen. They're not really helpful. A cool head that involves awareness and mindfulness and sort of step-by-step slowing things down and trying to manage a real crisis. Like if a tree blows onto your house and caves in your roof. This has happened to me before. So yet, yeah, what are you going to do when that happens? Are you going to panic? Are you going to flip out? Are you going to run around? Are you going to freeze? Or are you going to take a couple of breaths and look around and think, what's the first step I need to do Is everybody safe? Where are the animals? Can I get myself out of here? Again, it's safety and reaction to real chaos. Uh, Self-created chaos is very easily fixed. Just stop it.
0: Just stop it, yeah, right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, did you ever see that Bob Newhart? Bob Newhart says, that's his uh, his, uh, big... uh, cure for everything is just stop it.
0: Just just stop it if only we could, <laughs> so right? Easy. I mean that yeah, would be exactly. that, that would be awesome. <laughs> right. But it, I guess what you're getting to is as we start to recognize this chaos is beginning to be mindful, slow down, look at it. so you can start to discern that.
1: Right. And if you can remember and recall how shock feels in your body. So when you're talking about the sympathetic shock, the fight or flight, it's going to be rapid heartbeat, shallow breathing, some sweating, maybe some rapid eye movements. If you are aware of that, and you'll think, oh, if you have the presence of mind to say, oh, that's right, I'm in shock right now. I can do something about this. Awareness is the very first step to you taking action to just be a little bit more intentional about what your direction is and how you're going to handle the actual chaos. If it's self-inflicted or self-created, the same thing. Oh, I'm aware that I need help. I'm aware that I'm creating chaos. I can step out of that right now and actually ask for help or stop doing all these things that are making me run around. So I think that's good to know so you're aware and to know how the feeling feels in your body when you're in that state of shock. So you can step back, take some breaths and use some skills to cope.
0: So how do you start with somebody who comes into your office and they're kind of in chaos, but maybe they quite haven't reached that point of realizing that they're in chaos, if that makes sense. It's like, my life is crazy. My life is crazy. And How do you begin to help them see that?
1: Well, the very first thing I do is I validate them. I'll listen to their story and I'll say, yep, it looks like you certainly have a lot going on. And sometimes that really helps. Just for somebody to not say, well, why don't you do this? Well, couldn't you do that? Well, how come you're not doing this? Because that just creates more chaos. So the very first thing I do is when they are in chaos and they're in my office, I will validate them and I will listen to them until they are sick of talking about it. And then when they're finally at a point to where they're thinking, well, what are my options here? How do I deal with this? It kind of comes down to, are you going to really want to change this or do you want to keep it the same? That's kind of where the rubber hits the road here do you want to change it? If you do, I have some suggestions, but if you don't, then let's just see if we can maybe do a harm reduction, sort of a model to see if you might be able to calm it a little bit. If you don't want to walk away from it completely, can we get you to calm it down just a little bit, just for your own... Peace of mind here, but it's got to depend on what they want for their lives.
0: So they come into your office, and by you validating them or sitting with them long enough, they can reflect on it. I guess, almost in a way, what I picture is they run out of that chaos energy and then they go, then they can reflect on it and go, wow man, my life is really chaotic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is a lot of stuff. Do I really want this or how can I change it? Or
1: Right, and in the midst of them expressing their chaos and me validating it, I will suggest like suggestions for calming the shock. The shock that they're going through if they're fight or flight or freeze mode, So a lot of what we use is heat and ice. I'll ask them sometime, do you want some water? If I offered you ice or heat right now, what would sound better to you? I will offer them uh, something to stimulate the five senses. Uh, So sound or touch and smell is a great one. I always have a couple of scents that I can give to them. And now that we're over, we're doing this whole COVID thing where all the sessions are over the Zoom or our our video platforms, I will encourage clients to get their own sense and start to use them to get back into their bodies during this time. So yeah, so part of it's validating, letting them release the energy, helping them to treat their shock, and then they're ready to hear their options. What can I do in this situation? What are my choices here?
0: Right. So another question about because I'm kind of imagining this as, as you're talking about it. And, I, and I'm thinking about myself and I'm thinking about clients that I've worked with. And a lot of times when we talk about addicted to chaos, you know, they come in and from an outside perspective, I can see that, you know, they're creating this chaos. It's like you can get out of this, but they don't want to in a way. You know, they want to continue it they want to continue it on one level and one level they don't want to continue it right and that's kind of like addiction right i can't stop doing this because if i do if i let go of this chaos the world is going to fall apart it's not going to it's not going to function i can't let it go you know Does that make sense, what I'm saying?
1: Yes, and calling attention to the truth and what's really going on because they may feel like their world's going to fall apart if they even step back just a little from the chaos, but calling attention to what's actually really true. If they don't want to, but they do, and they're sort of on the fence, then I use the trans-theoretical model. And I think in addictions, it's... it's uh, Oh my gosh, what do you guys use in addictions? Well, you um, like
0: uh, motiva- motivational interviewing. Motivational interviewing, right. yeah.
1: Right, so the trans-theoretical model, meaning pre-contemplation, contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance. What point are you at? Are you just pre-contemplate? You're not even really contemplating it or you're contemplating it, but you're not taking action. You're not even preparing for it. So I'll use that model. And I will use some motivational interviewing sometimes too, to see where they're at as far as motivation to to change their behavior. Sometimes they're just not going to do it and we have to take a harm reduction approach to it, which means that we are simply going to try and get your life in as much order as we can for you so that you feel better about your life and it's at least a higher quality than you're living it right now. So I don't expect perfection, but we're just going to try and get you in the best place possible.
0: So in some ways, just reflecting back to them what you see and letting them know that there are different options that maybe this could be different if they wanted it.
1: Right, they can take some small steps and or they can take some big steps like they can go to a retreat. They have these retreats for anxiety or silent retreats. They do have mindfulness retreats. So you could go and take a weekend or a week off and go into a retreat and come back all Zen. But I guess the point is, is your environment at home is going to have to change as well. And so we do talk about that sort of thing. Or you could just take a couple of small steps and start doing like maybe five minutes of mindfulness every day or a little mindful walk, or something to get your mind away from so much overwhelm, focusing on one thing at a time, I will always suggest a small mindfulness task, even if it is putting hand lotion on your hands or brushing your teeth, remembering to focus on the task and when your mind wanders away. It can come right back. You'll notice it. And then you gradually get used to that process so that you're constantly, oops, my mind just went away. Oh, I'm going to bring it back. Oh, it just went away. Oh, I'm going to bring it back. I'm really big into mindfulness, as you could probably see as as I've been talking to you about that. Awareness, mindfulness is a game changer for a lot of people.
0: Oh, uh, Yeah. I absolutely love mindfulness. It's it's had a huge profound effect on my life and slowing everything down and being able to look at it and uh, becoming intentional. Right. I guess I would say.
1: Yeah. yeah, I did create a CD. After I finished my studies in hypnotherapy, a, I finished a six-day training in hypnotherapy. I got inspired and I created a mindfulness CD that has a series of nine practices that you can do all in less than 10 minutes per day. And I created it back in 2014 and I've been giving it away to so many people. It hasn't really sold anything, (laughs) but it's a great little CD. If you want, I can send you one.
0: Yeah, I I would definitely. I think people would love to uh, be able to download that. That would be awesome. So I have a question. So if someone's listening to this, right, and they're going, man, my life is filled with chaos, right? Can you give them a picture of well the first step is to to start to be mindful and to start to kind of think about it but for someone who's managing the chaos right what might their life look like because sometimes it's hard to envision what it is when you're not in it i don't know if that makes sense like when you're in chaos it doesn't seem like the world can change sometimes it can it can feel like there's no way out of this it's just the way it is what might someone's life look like if they were managing the chaos or coping with the chaos?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. It would be different for everybody, but the way I would imagine it is, is it would be more intentional. It would be definitely slower. Like you're moving through your life in a more slowly, more aware way where you're giving yourself positive suggestions, not saying I can't survive without the chaos, but saying, I know that my life has become unmanageable with this chaos. I have got to step back. I'm going to be slower, taking more breaths, being more mindfully aware, physically calming yourself down, considering if you're in shock. So it would be this more like sort of flow, kind of like Yoda on on Star Wars, right? Right. Yeah. He's this this Zen master, is just. Mm you know
0: right right definitely i love yoda
1: it's like do or do not there is no try
0: right exactly so
1: that was the worst yoda impression ever I'm so i don't sorry. know i thought anyway. it was pretty
0: good i thought it was pretty good <laughs> so so oh as we get as we get intentional i guess as we slowly get intentional and we start to slow our process down we can start to slowly manage the chaos or minimize the chaos?
1: Yeah, look at the facts. Since you're slowing down and you're more calm, your head's going to be clearer. So if you're doing breathing, you're sending oxygen to your brain and you're also distracting yourself because you're counting your breaths sometimes and you're distracting and getting oxygen to your brain. You look at the facts and you figure out, where it is that you want to go, what do you want to do? And then you're in a place where, okay, I can take some action. Uh, So not too long ago, our cat was stuck in a tree. And I mean, really high up in one of those big old Washington trees. And he couldn't get down. And he is like 15 pounds of pure muscle, this cat is. And I thought, how am I ever going to get this cat down the the tree. He's meowing like crazy. It's across the street. I have a neighbor who asked for help because he has one of those, I don't know, it's one of those things that you work on electrical wires. So it has this little crow's nest thing. and, And I was panicking the whole time, but I was clear enough to be able to ask for help. And then when he couldn't help me, figure out a solution which was get a blanket and coax him down with some cat food and that worked like i got a blanket so he could fall into it cuz i was afraid right. he would fall and he would just break his body you know oh yeah but yeah so so that's how your life would look it would still be chaotic and it's still a funny story to tell but it's not as tragic and it's not as affecting my life in a way where where i am all the time just I, I mean this this can cause physical health Concerns. If stress is present in your life all the time, you can get hives, you can get heart problems, you can get high blood pressure. So, in the interest of your physical health, reminding if, if that's maybe even the motivator, like this is going to hurt my physical health if I continue to be this stressed out about this. Right. That, right. that awesome is, is helpful. So, hopefully, that story will illustrate how, how you can just be in your life in a different way asking for help and staying calm in the interest of your own health.
0: Right. I think a lot of people and myself included, you know, and and it depends at different times in my life and different spaces and what's going on, uh, how successful I am at managing it. But when I'm in that good space of managing it, I can feel more productive Without that stress, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like you're, you're strategic in your decision-making and you're moving forward, but you don't feel that chaotic pressure. But you're still doing what you want to do and accomplishing the things you want to accomplish. And, and sometimes some of the things of accomplishment are, I'm relaxing. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds strange, but you have intention in your life and it feels more organized, I guess.
1: Right. There's a book called Flow by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Uh, are you impressed that I pronounced that name correctly? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I read definitely. it when I was in an undergrad and it the state of flow is exactly what you were just describing. It's it is a calm moving forward and actually more productive than kind of running around like a chicken with your head cut off, so to speak. The state of flow is I am continuing through my life taking action, but I'm in a more mindful, aware, and flowing way. That is a great book if anybody hasn't read it. And it's kind of old, but it's timeless in my mind. It's a really good
0: book but I have heard of it but I haven't read it so so now you've got my you piqued my interest I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get it and read it
1: Well you're living it you're living it it sounds like that's uh, that's what you're doing it sounds like well at least that's the that's the intention right it doesn't well, happen I, all the time
0: <laughs> Yeah I would say at at moments there are moments where I feel in the flow but there's moments when I don't feel in the flow you know and I and I definitely with once again kind of going to the, back to the pandemic as i've alluded to before that threw a lot of chaos into into my life and at times really feeling out of flow if that makes sense and not in flow because of all these situations that are changing and they're changing so fast and and they have to be changed real quick i mean part of that is good too i guess but yeah no in and out
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it it does you, you do really have to, in the end, decide what really matters to you. And in this time of the pandemic, it is sometimes people are very fearful and sometimes that is more effective for them to be fearful because they may have underlying health conditions and this is a global pandemic. And so right. what really matters now to them might be their physical health, whereas somebody else, it may not matter that much. It, what matters to me is I want to go to the beach. I want to hang out with my friends. And so really the the chaos, getting back to the the chaos of the pandemic and everything, is being managed by people in so many different ways. It's not just one way it's being managed. And I think that's really hard for a lot of us because there's so many different ways that we could manage this. And I think it's just a really confusing time for all of us. So we just all have to get connected with our values and what we value. Sometimes that means yelling at the top of your lungs. Sometimes it means just being able to unplug and escape into a nice book or whatever. But really at the end of the day, you're gonna have to figure out what you stand for and how you are going to meet the world, even though it is in chaos. So I always encourage people to check in with, What they stand for and what they value in their lives.
0: Yes, definitely. So I have a question. If someone's out there and they're recognizing, like, oh, I'm in chaos or, you know, my life is overwhelming, what would be the, I guess, the first step you would tell them to do?
1: Listen to my podcast. <laughs> All
0: right. All right.
1: And, and get professional help about it. Get somebody you can talk to and a professional that can help you. So self-help only goes so far. Having somebody to talk to that's a professional who is going to help you through chaotic situations, situation by situation, and also give you some relaxation tools and mindfulness practices would be I would say, the place to start here.
0: Right. Definitely. And that I think also what I was thinking too is that um, I have a saying and I don't know where I got this saying, but it's like small hinges swing big doors. Ooh. And you, you know, you, you can make small changes and they can have a big impact.
1: I like that. You know.
0: And if you're working to manage the chaos you can take some of these small steps like listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. which is called Calming the Chaos, right? right. And, and I'll link that in the show notes too. So people can find that. But yeah, I mean, you you can do this. You can start.
1: You could listen to the CD I created and you could also listen to some of those free apps that they have. There's Headspace and there's Insight Timer. There's all kinds of free stuff on YouTube that you can listen to as far as relaxation. On my YouTube channel, I have a progressive muscle relaxation exercise and I've got some tracks from my CD that are out there for free. And then I think Tara Brock has a lot of free stuff on her website. So I would take advantage of a lot of these free resources and get yourself some good mental health counseling, but really resolve to visualize your life differently. Again, if you don't want to visualize it differently, then you're probably not going to even be listening to the show or be in therapy altogether. But those who do Take some steps. Take a small step. Like the, you said the big doors and the small hinges or was it the small hinges and the big doors?
0: <laughs> small hinges swing big doors.
1: I didn't write it down. Small hinges swing big doors. Yes, a small step is better than nothing. Right. I like that.
0: Wow, Tracy, I want to thank you so much for coming on. How can people find you if they want to connect with you and, and get your podcast or, or get the CD, where can they go? Where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so my podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify and PodHub I guess. but the easiest way to get to it is by calming the chaos. Dot Libsyn, dot com, and you'll see all the episodes there in audio form. You can also Google Tracy Canella, Calming the Chaos YouTube, and you'll go right. It'll go right to my YouTube channel, and my CDs available on Amazon. And so just Google on this day CD Tracy Canella, or go on to Amazon and just type in on this day Tracy Canella. That's what it's called on this day. And it's pretty cool because it leads you through uh, daily practices that you can do. Like, so there's three for the morning, three for the afternoon, and three for the evening. So that's the nine tracks of the CD and all of them are under 10 minutes long. Oh, you can go to my website at counseling.com And that's a big Mouthful, so it's l o k a h i c o u n s e l i n g dot com. Go to the resources page, and there's all kinds of resources there. So there's all kinds of ways to get in touch with me. Isn't that great?
0: That's awesome. I will link all of that in the show notes too, so you can go to the dot and and go there in the show notes, and and I'll have all that Yay. listed, and so people can find it super easy. Tracy, thank you for coming on and talking about calming the chaos
1: I appreciate you having me on thank you so much
0: thanks everyone for listening to another episode of the addicted mind podcast all the show notes will be at the addictedmind.com 106 and don't forget if you are enjoying the addicted mind podcast please share it with a friend Share it with someone you think could benefit from listening to The Addicted Mind. All right, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. And uh, I will talk to you on the next episode. Take care.
1: Oh, hey, it's Aaron.